I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Daria. Talking to me? Hello and welcome to Arya Talking To Me, a Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon podcast. My name's Ben Vanell, I'm a comedian, I live in Melbourne, and uh, his name, the guy I'm looking at, who you can't see, but you're about to hear from momentarily, is Adam Knox. I hope you can't see me. Maybe you're listening to this in public and I'm, I'm on the same tram as you, or I'm walking sure. nearby, or you've crept into my house. Um, whatever it is, come say hi. If you're in my house, come say hello. Right. Alert yeah. yourself to the uh, local authorities. Let mm-hmm. them know that you're in my house and then come say hi. Yeah, yeah. And then we can talk about Game of Thrones yeah. or House of the Dragon. The local authorities, um, by the way, are my left fist and my right <laughs> fist. <laughs> um, wow. Sorry, they got to alert themselves to your fists. Yeah. And then I'll just run yeah. through whatever attacks they throw at me completely without uh, any uh, any trouble at all. I'll do right. a I'll do a stupid, pointless fucking plan of pretending <laughs> to uh, to surrender for, to surrender for yeah. no reason, mm. just for theatrics. I think just to be a you bit might. dramatic about it. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, not everything has to be logical. Sometimes you just need a bit of showbiz, Sometimes, you know, a hey, bit of jazz hands, baby. Hit him with the old razzle-dazzle. Razzle being the name <laughs> of the left fist, dazzle yep. being the name of the right. And you think those oh. names don't apply to threatening fists? <laughs> then you'll have to speak to razzle-dazzle. They're, they're ironic nicknames, like Bluey for a redhead. Yeah, you'll be treading yeah. the boards with your, with your cheeks after I knock your face down onto them boards. Wow. Uh, it sounds like you want to maybe knock uh, the directors of this episode or the writers of this episode uh, down onto the ground um, with Razzle and Dazzle. 95% uh, of it, not at all. Yeah, but we'll right. get to the end. Yeah, yeah. But episode three, uh, it uh, it just, I guess, aired, uh, I assume. That's why it uh, went up on Australian pay TV services at 11am. I assume that that roughly coincides with the, the live airing in the States. Yeah. Um, but we both watched, yeah, episode three, Second of His Name is the title of this episode for obvious reasons, if you've seen it. Um, uh, oh, one thing I wanted to address before we dive straight into the recap and, and also some uh, emails from wonderful listeners is uh, the news that Miguel Sapochnik has resigned from House of the Dragon. Um, he basically worked hand in hand with uh, Ryan J. Condal and George R. R. Martin on developing the show. Uh, he directed the premiere, and he's decided to step away. He he feels like he's put in, you know, the work to get the show ready, and now that it's sort of... I assume he's seen a lot of the episodes that have been filmed and stuff. He must feel comfortable enough to be like, oh, I don't want this to be my full-time job right. for the rest of, you know, the show's run. I would imagine, too, that it was sort of going into it like an understanding that that would be what... It reminds me of, like... Um, 
how when The Walking Dead started, they were like, oh, it's Frank Darabont doing it. Frank Darabont's the guy. It's Frank Darabont. Right. And then it was like, by the way, the first episode is the only thing he's ever going to fucking have anything to do with. <laughs> and then that show's gone from strength to strength. So, <laughs> Well, my, uh, my um, you know, uh, classic new American cinema auteur example is uh, Martin Scorsese sort of had that uh, attachment to Boardwalk Empire. He executive produced it. He um, directed the premiere. And gave it a big, you know, dose of Scorsese flavour, and they did manage to carry that through to the end, which uh, gives me hope. Yeah, um, I don't think that this news is, uh, is particularly bothersome, seeing as, like, hmm. it's such a, um established tone and world and everything already that, like, that, that like, showrunner Bible thing is so... must be thick as hell at this point. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 he was a good person to have come in and sort of set it up because they had experience with the previous series, but um, mm. I, it doesn't ring any alarm bells for for this guy. No, and like the 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 first three episodes that we've seen so far have all been written by Ryan Condal. Um, this third one was co-written by Ryan Condal and Gabe Fonseca, but he has yeah obviously. Um, has a huge voice in in this show, uh, and he's still the showrunner. And they did br- uh, bring on another person. I don't know if he's like a showrunner or just like another senior producer. Uh, this guy, Alan Taylor, who he's a director of TV, he's a writer. He directed the premiere of Mad Men. Right. Um, and he's worked on... Oh, he directed Many Saints of New York as well, which you just watched. But yeah, he's directed on like Sopranos, Game of Thrones, Boardwalk Empire, Six Feet Under, Lost, The West Wing. Super, super uh, experienced TV guy. Um, And yeah, has literally worked on Game of Thrones as well. So has that, yeah, that experience. Um, So yeah, whatever. It's... The fact that no one seemed to really respond to this with too much concern uh, makes me... Not concerned. Yeah. It's a pretty, like, other than obviously George R.R. R. Martin in some capacity, I would say that this is a pretty traditional type of TV show where mm. whoever's kind of in charge of it knows what they're expected to do. You know, yeah. like, it doesn't really yeah. matter if, if it's changing hands every now and again. Probably in, like, like obviously that will always impact things. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's not worrisome. You're right. The, the auteur for the show is George Martin. It's not. It's not the director or the EP. And so, having a madman yeah. guy come in could be great. Speed, mm. you know, starting going. Uh, you're not selling people dragons. The dragon isn't about the fire. It's about. It's not. It's not immoral that I'm fucking uh, someone while I'm married, because uh, that's just politics, baby. Yeah, that's, that's just that how classic you... Mad Men line. That's just <laughs> politics, baby. No, that was the Game of Thrones part. Oh, that classic was... Game of Thrones line. That's just <laughs> politics, baby. I believe that's what Viserys says in this episode, doesn't he? There is a politics, um, baby, here uh, in in <laughs> very true in Aegon. Uh, um, but yes, before we jump on into uh, second of his name, let's uh, get through some emails. Wonderful email here from Devon. You can email us, of course, at Aria Talking to Me Pod at gmail.com. You can also just message the Facebook page or the Instagram. Um, you, I bet you can guess what they're called. Uh, but yeah, wonderful little email here from Devon saying uh, lots of nice things at the start and asking us if uh, we think House of the Dragon will ever be good enough to reach the level of popularity that Game of Thrones got to. Seems to be headed in the right direction, uh, Devon says. 
Obviously, diehard fans will love it, but he wonders if it will become a cultural phenomenon like Game of Thrones. For example, and this bit he's written in a different font, so I assume he's come back here with like a, a you know, one. He's the, walked away. A keyboard th- ran out of block. ink, and then he <laughs> had to come back with a second keyboard. Maybe I I thought it was more like you know the artist. You know, he finishes, you know, his work for the day. He walks off and then he has a brainwave and he comes back and he adds another brush stroke. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, Devin says, Better Call Saul's probably the best spin-off show ever, um, but it never reached the level of hype that Breaking Bad received every week, yeah. uh, which is 100% true. Yeah. And can House of the Dragon do it? There's an the argument question. that Better Call Saul surpassed the level of quality of Breaking Bad in some ways too, but... I think that argument would be made by both you and I. In in some ways, for sure. Like, yeah. they, they both have their strengths, but, like, <clears throat> there's no way to repeat a, 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 a cultural moment like that, especially when, by nature of doing a sequel or a, or a prequel, that you're going to mm. be uh, drawing on... Not nostalgia, but people's um, appreciation for the thing that you are doing the second version of. So, like, mm-hmm. you can't you can't have it be, you know, a new thing in the same way. Not that everything that becomes a cultural phenomenon is new. Like, sex existed right. before Fifty Shades of Grey, but just there's a if yep. a, if a fucking shit ass Tonight Show host can't make a joke about it, then it's not going to become a cultural phenomenon. Right. I think that. Um... <sighs> Unlike uh, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones ended with disappointment for most f- fans. Right. But, uh, yeah, just in terms of our opinion of the shows, um, I think that what could become the case is that fans could look back on Ge- uh, House of the Dragon after it's done and be like, oh, well, that had a better level of quality all the way through, you know, rather than Game of Thrones. I could see that happening, For potentially. Sure. It could end up um, better, but it, it won't end but up it, bigger. It, it, exactly, yeah, it won't end up bigger. I don't think anything will ever be as big. Always the um, angel, so- never the Buffy, the vampire slayer. <laughs> uh, we got a great question here from Barbara, or it's more of a uh, it's more of an observation. Um, Babs says, uh, hey, mate, it's exciting to see the pod back in my feed. Uh, first episode had one thing that I can't get out of my mind. The two girls were laying next to a weirwood tree. That's the red leaves, mm-hmm. face from the north. Uh, I believe it appeared in this episode again, episode three, um, which is supposed to have all the tree wizard magic that Bran gets. Yeah. Going into episode three, I can't see this happening, but do you think the show has the guts to double down on King Bran like the old tree wizard has been watching and planting seeds of dreams into the king's mind to freak them out about the Song of Ice and Fire. So I guess more sort of uh, magical portents and prophecies and uh, the entire that you know time travelly loop sort of thing. I mean, um, I would fucking love that if if they did the thing that Better Call Saul spoilers for Better Call Saul has right, done, right. where it's kind of been like a mini sequel to Breaking Bad as well as being a prequel. If they yeah. jump forward and were like, and Bran was behind it all, ha 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 ha, which is the only way that any of that story makes any fucking sense, then, right. uh, or not Bran, but like the the whatever he was called. The, the Three-Eyed Raven, the yes. Boy, yeah, so yes. if he's... It, sure, good, good, good. Noticing. I mean, it, it is also the mm. thing that is like in the middle of all of those kind of regal areas. I believe it, there was one in Winterfell too, and it's like yep. very much a um, 
theme in the show for for characters to be relaxing there especially the like outcast royal character so i think there's that right um uh, connecting tissue too but yeah right cool idea cool thought yeah yes i mean you're right i think that thematically in the show uh the tree represents a character grappling with maybe thoughts that are contrary to like you know the the, the prevailing narrative, you know, mm. like obviously in Renera, I think in episode three, that's what it represents. Bran, um, yeah, his whole thing is like, no, I'm going to do this thing, which seems crazy um, and, and follow that path. So I think it that's what it symbolizes. But also they probably know that people will have observed it and maybe, yeah, maybe there is some sort of uh, actual like plot implication. Um, will be, yeah, interesting to see if that uh, plays out. Mm. Thanks, Barbara. Um, what else have we got here? Ian uh, made the observation that... Uh, so the intro sequence that we got from episode two onwards is the model uh, that Viserys made of oh, right. Valyria. Um, and then, yeah, the River of Blood is the Targaryen bloodline. And then there's like all the all the people rather than all the different locations that we got in Game of Thrones. It's like all the, um, yeah, the, the uh, ancestors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, there were some other changes that we noticed in terms of location, um, that Ian reckons is, yeah, a byproduct of having a massive budget to start this show. Um, the more blades, the bigger, uh, Iron Throne is just more re- representative of what is in the book and, um, they're able to do it now. Right. Um, and like the, uh, the place where the big council was happening in the prologue where, uh, Viserys gets chosen over his cousin was Harren Hall. Uh, and Ian reckons that that's literally like the hall where Tywin was having his small council with Arya as the, the wine girl. So like, obviously the scale is, is completely, right. completely, you know, multiplied by a thousand. And I guess by that point, it's also been blown up a little from the war that's going on, right? Like by the time they're yeah. in Harren Hall and yeah, Game true. of Thrones, it's all smashed up. Yep. I like the idea um, that sometime in between House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones, somebody's like, should we take away a few of these swords? This is fucking <laughs> yeah. dangerous. One of the it's, old kings it, cut himself on it. It's ostentatious. Yeah. You know, it's... We don't. Let's have a bit of bloody, uh, a bit of bloody modesty about the place. Oh, that guy, he lost a cut. His fingers went all black and fell off because he cut him on it. <laughs> and like some people said, it was representative of parentship or fucking whatever. That's sharp is why. It's just, it's just a hazard. Uh... I don't know if you read Ian's email, but you preempted his last point. Um, another oh, thing right. with the king hurting his, uh, uh, yeah, with the king hurting his finger on the throne, and claiming his back wound was from another wound from the throne. It's a common belief, I guess, amongst people who've read the books or people who dig into the lore of the show that the throne will reject those it deems unworthy of the crown. So this is an implication that Viserys, like we already think, you know, from the actual text of the show, is probably not. Uh, king material yeah i think we said that about not necessarily with it being like the throne having autonomy but about like that's obvious that's what the show is saying with the cut yes yeah um and then just yeah another nice email from a guy called paul who says he re-listened to the whole uh podcast twice since game of thrones finished um so you must really know our opinions well um i don't know if that means you know the show better um, and he's only watching House of the Dragon so he can keep up with this podcast, which is very nice to hear. He lives in Wimbledon, so I assume he plays tennis. Um, he gets fucking knocked about by tennis balls once a year for a month. Yeah, if you live yeah, inside yeah, Wimbledon, you're getting fucking 
<laughs> I wonder, yeah, he's like, his bed's just, you know, centre court. Yeah. No good. I'm sick of no eating strawberries. <laughs> got to uh, move. He misses, he misses your impression of Jorah. But, you know, there's no Jorah in this show. No, so. there's no I'll try and work on a uh, on a Matt Smith. I need to... Oh! oh hey, hey there, everybody. It's me, Matt Smith. <laughs> I got this weirdly weak voice for the strong characters they try to get me to play. It's... He is the be- He is better at. He is best at that uh, character when he doesn't talk. He has the look down pat. Um, he has the like mean look. Come you know, out, crabman! <laughs> come out, come out, crabman! Where, where are um, you, crab? <laughs> come face uh, me, crabman! But yeah, those are our emails. Um, thanks for those. Uh, thanks to, to everyone who sent those in. They came through. Yeah, mid mid episodes. Uh, any reflections on this episode we just uh, watched this week, please send them through. Any any predictions, any thoughts, uh, as long as they're not book spoilers, please send them in to the places I said before. But now it's time to dig into Season 1, Episode 3, Second of His Name. Yeah, and we open up with a, um, a, a big sort of battle scene with the, the crab man. Uh, and the crab army versus mm. pretty much just uh, Damon on his on his very long wiggly dragon. Yeah, I I I'm sure we've noticed this before. Uh, but they're the kind of dragon that doesn't have arms. They just they're like bats. They right. only have wings. They wiggle around. Their legs ne- like that one. Yeah, I noticed that too. Legs are a bit flippy floppy and have sort of winged webbed bits in them as well. Um, yeah, they yeah they're like a flying worm, which is often said about dragons. You know, they're a worm. The worm with the Y. The that's worm right. With the Y, the Wang, the Wang, digging, digging. <laughs> so my name is Dave <laughs> Rock. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, he's he's fucking up a bunch of the crab men. Uh, but he steps on one of his own soldiers. He, that was at the start, right? Yeah, yeah. One of his own soldiers, who, to be fair, is fucking dead anyway. Like, yeah, yes, he was being crucified. Um, I'm not certain by Mister Crab himself, right? I'm not certain he could have even heard that man down there shouting out for help. Like, I don't think no, he's like, no. but he is kind of recklessly coming in and just charging and barging and uh, trying to uh, fuck the place up and looking for the crab mm. king, the uh, the crab feeder. Um, yeah, he's not the Crab King, but he's he, just a guy called Crab Feeder. He's just some guy with a mask and a uh, some sort of skin condition, mm. and mm. but gets a few arrows and flies off, and it sort of sets up that maybe they're not as uh, uh, easily winning as you might expect a team with a dragon to to be. That's right, um, and then it's revealed that this is taking place two years later. I actually don't know if that that scene with the dragon uh, does, but I, I no. guess we're meant to assume that it does. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's birthday, right? That's the first scene. It's mm-hmm. uh, the, the second name day of Viserys and Alicent's son, Aegon. Aegon is two, so it's been about three years, including pregnancy. Mm. Um, oh, yes, of course. Which I often forget about too because it's the easiest thing in the world and the least important job that a woman can do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they're, they're, they're having these celebrations with the uh, little baby Egon and uh, yep. um, Otto and uh, some other snivelly guy who I wasn't quite sure who he was, but he seems to be maybe Otto's brother, I think. Is he the master of 
Coin? Is that who he is? Or Master of Laws? Is he the? They mentioned a Master of Laws at some point, but I, I just didn't quite remember this dude showing up before, and he seems to have uh, some investment personally in Egon too. So I assumed he was related to Otto in another high tower or something. Right. I I think he was on the small council. Right. Um. So I do think we've seen him before. Uh. I I think that the um. The guy who we saw last week giving his honest opinion that Viserys should marry the child, I think that might be the Master of Laws. I think he... I, I remembered him as a Master of Coins, so I might have them backwards. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. No, I, I don't know. Um, God, if there was only just like a page that had their photos next to them... We need like a um, fake sort of local government page yeah. <laughs> where you can see who everyone is and look at their most recent tax returns. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all kind of just fawning over this baby whose second name day is coming up. They're all telling him, oh, he's got your eyes and your little cheeks and your hair and you, he looks like you. And so, yes, that, and then we, we meet, I believe our first Lannister of the show. Yeah, this was exciting. Yeah. I, I don't know how you felt, but it felt like a, like a cameo almost, but, um, it, Jason, is it Jason Lannister? We meet Tyland first, who's the twin of Jason. Right. And he's, oh, yeah. yeah, yet another guy trying to tell Viserys, like, please fucking take this Stepstone sh- shit seriously. Everything's gone wrong That's up right. there and it's yep. super important to the realm. And he's yet again a little bit um, blowy-offy about it because I don't know if he mentions it at this point, but we learned throughout the episode that his main reason for not really wanting to get involved is because if they sort of swoop in and save Damon and like these sort of dissenty kind of people, mm-hmm. it'll make it seem like they have a little bit of sway over what the king decides to do. Seeing as right, they went right. off and did this on their own, they should be left to deal with it on their own as his sort of position. I think, I think that's what, I do think we get that at the start. I think maybe Otto even says it of like, yeah. you know, they, they did this against the uh, the wishes of the king without the king's leave or say so. Exactly, yes. To, to do is, that would... to. To, to make it look as if Damon essentially has power over the king. Yep. I'm reading Otto yep. saying that in subtitles right now. <laughs> uh, also, um, Alison is might, pregnant with Otto the Otto might be one. the most... Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't know if this is a boy or a girl, but she's she's up the duff once again. She's re-duffed. Double duff. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. I was saying Otto. Otto is like the most successful of the uh, political manipulators so far. Absolutely, he he's absolutely got his family tied to the king, and like literally has pulled off all of his schemes. Which means that he'll never have any comeuppance in this show, because right. you know that's not how Game of Thrones works. I mean, he is the most. He's flown under the radar. Pretty well, too, it seems like, in terms of right. kings knowing someone's being shifty under their watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, the, the, Viserys doesn't seem to really uh, think that he's out to be gotten by Otto. Not at all. Not at all, yep. But, uh, yeah, so we, we, we catch up that it's been yet another time jump. And mm-hmm. uh, then I, there's a little lute-playing bard underneath a tree who I'm better wishing time would jump it forward to when he doesn't have to play the same song again and again oh. for uh, a studying teenager, which, by the way, yep. very accurate. I would find a song I liked and just put it on loop. 100%. I spent, like, I have a younger sister. I was driven insane by the same Aqua song being played over and over again. Aqua's an interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's no uh, the dragon something something, but uh, yeah. yeah um, 
Thingo is out here. Rihanna is out here. Uh, reading a book instead of participating with uh, this hunt that everyone's sort of getting ready to go on for for the second right. day of Little Egg on. Yep. And uh, yep. Alicent comes out and starts flexing a bit of queen muscle at her. Oh yeah, there's a real there's a there's a Mexican standoff of like keep playing the song. No, no, stop playing the song. Well, I'm the princess. Well, I'm the queen, and I I get to say so over the playlist. Right. Give me the ox cord. I have the right. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, a little bit of power play going on. Um, it doesn't seem like she's loving it, Alicent. No. Like, she seems to genuinely be um, quite uncomfortable at, at what's happened to their friendship. She has the same face on that she had in the couple of scenes we got with her and just her dad in the last couple of episodes where she will grit her teeth through things that she sees as her duty. So And, yeah. and that's how she's just kind of acting all of the time now. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. have that looseness or that sort of. Uh, uh, I don't want to say like humanity, but like interpersonal kind of connection with anybody. And the only person mm. she had it with was Rhaenyra. But like, she's she's lost that. She's completely yep. accepted that she has to be this queen, and you can see that she's just putting on a brave face. But she's putting it on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, including when she's getting bumped around in this carriage is. You know, oh, she yeah. convinces the uh, 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 Rhaenyra to to come with them to this thing, and they're all heading off in a carriage. And Rhaenyra, oi, oh, these teens! <laughs> they talk back to you all the time. She's so moody. It's like fucking yeah. Your mum died, and you've been replaced by your best friend, who's also kind of your mum and you, and has given birth to also your other replacement. But like fucking. Hey, you get to ride in a carriage. Yeah, that's come pretty on. fun. Enough of the back talk, please. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to turn this carriage around? I got genuinely like regressing into my past, frightened when he was like, "What was that?" And she said the thing again. I was like, "Don't do that. You can fucking <laughs> throw it out of the carriage. What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, but she did. And there's a bit of talk about pregnancy, right? There's yeah. a bit of like, oh, you know, it's a uh, the days are long, but hey, you'll give the birth was real easy. It's like, ah, right. oh, was it for you? Yeah, because it wasn't so easy for someone I used to know called my mum. Exactly. <laughs> I wish I'd have found out her real name before she died, but I can't now. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of for a lot of this episode, it's her, Rhaenyra and her dad clashing about. What you know, whether or not she's fulfilling her duties, one of which, uh, and the main one of which, for you know, high standing women is to get married to somebody, mm-hmm. and th- slow sort of trying to convince her that like, hey, maybe having a kid would be great, maybe getting married would be great. You could marry this fucking weird Lannister twin. How yeah. about that? Wouldn't that be lovely? This guy who comes up and is immediately a fucking weirdo. That'd be yeah. sick. But he's rich, so you know that'd be good. Like you have to agree that would be good, and um, I love the arc that we're gonna go on over this episode of her dad slowly realizing, like, yeah, that actually fuck that, that's mm, fucking that yeah. is stupid. Yeah, I think it's happened a few times with Viserys where he's like, um, by the end he's like, God, that is a stupid thing. Yeah. Um, and and specifically, I'm a hypocrite about it because I've done the thing that didn't follow those rules. Right. So how how could I possibly yeah, expect that of, of uh, my daughter. But yeah, so we meet uh, Lord Jason Lannister. He's very Lannister-y. Uh, he's, he's, 
he's a bit more likable, I feel like, than some of the Lannisters. You know, like he's he's a he's yeah like overbearing, but he doesn't seem to be like a murderer or anything. Like he's not a sociopath. No, and there's not as much of that. Like all of the court, the 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 hierarchy here is pretty established. So I think there's not right. quite as much of the vicious tension as there was between, especially the Starks and the Lannisters, and. In, in the previous series. So, True. but it is, it, it's really well cast and everyone's doing a great mm. job of really making it seem like these people are ancestors of the other people we knew. I'm completely buying that this guy at some point turned into Charles Dance. Or not yeah, turned yeah, into, what? but I know how children work, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. He aged into him. He grew a hundred years and became Charles Dance. <laughs> that's, I think, what happens with, that's what they mean by children is you, it's like yeah. Pokemon. You, except um, sometimes you go backwards. I totally agree with also with all the Targaryens that we've seen. Like they one hundred percent track to. Um, yeah. Is it is his name Viserys in in Game of Thrones? Yeah. The the brother. Yeah, yeah. he's Viserys yeah. as well. So and Daenerys. Yeah, like it, it it's uh it's really well done. The casting in this uh, is fantastic, and and not just the looks, but the performances. Except for maybe Matt Smith's voice. You are yeah, right. it's very good. So we see we see um uh, uh Thingo New Lannister Jason. Uh, Lannister. <laughs> I, genuinely, I had yep. to stop my tongue from automatically saying Derulo then. I had to genuinely <laughs> actively work in my frontal lobe to not, after saying Jason, say the word Derulo. So, um, Jason Lannister is. Um, there you go. Is kind of hungrily boop. staring at fucking Thingo at a. Uh, true, Rihanna. true. I, I, as we learn, because he's been told that he probably can propose marriage to her by her dad. And her her um, dad is looking over her shoulder at this because first mm. we see her walk in and have this um little scene with all the fucking gossips over behind oh, the curtains. Yes. Before before her and Jason talk, we get in this little gossip thing with the woman who's like holding her pug vertically <laughs> and Yeah, using him as like a dust buster yeah, on the plate. Like shoving yeah. her finger in its eye. Like they've got enough Ugh. fucking problems. But so, and it's he's got the most ridiculous, like plastic metal collar. I really focused in on the pug during this scene. <laughs> and there's some other guy um, here who's like sort of like uh, his his foot's a bit hurt, and he's kind of yes. sitting with him. I'm not quite sure who he was. Uh, he was a member of a family that we've heard before. I can't remember which one. It was definitely a family from Game of Thrones. Right. Uh, he was a, yeah, he was uh fuck, I, it doesn't say in this recap. That's annoying. But he's definitely someone that we've seen before. And they're Probably all... that we've heard mentioned before. Yeah. Because he is like, yeah, he has the lame foot. Uh, it would have come up at some point. He sits in with the girls. The girls are talking about... Honestly, they're talking about politics. They are. They're not just gossiping. They're talking uh, stepstones. They're talking about uh, going and intervening, and uh, yeah, that's. I guess. Oh, they asked Rihanna. Uh, Rihanna. Yeah, they asked Rihanna her opinion. Yes, uh, and she doesn't really care to render. She's just immediately no. not uh, impressed by these people. Walks outside and is not impressed by Jason, who puts on this like. I think quite entitled show of like, well, of course, if I suggest marriage to her, she'll be blown away with my fucking probably gross tasting wine. <laughs> yeah, that was a shame. It's like, if that's the best wine in the land, but no, I guess he's just arrogant. But, yeah. you know, he's like, hey, Castle Rock, it's beautiful. It'd be a very, it wouldn't be a st- too much of a step down, you know, like it'd be kind of nice for when you're uh, no longer the heir and you're married off to me and uh, that's what's going to happen. So, 
And she doesn't well, yeah. take it particularly well, you know, sniffs a rat and goes inside and talks to that rat, which is her dad. She's yep. like, what are you fucking skittering around here, ratting me out for? Yeah. Telling everyone I'm not married. None of their business. And they have like and this quite loud argument in front of <laughs> yeah. the, the most volatile group of people you could have a uh, a conflict, a regal conflict in front of. Yeah. Yeah, but all the gossips and everyone else and all of your relatives and they're there for your brother's birthday and you've really blown this up. But they're uh, at this shitty totally, point and you can understand why. Right, right, yeah. 100% inappropriate, but both of them are angry at each other. Like, yeah. Viserys flies off the handle quite quickly. Right. Um, very, very unkingly of him and is just like... You just got to get married at some point, so fucking deal with it, all right? And she deals with that by running away. And it's it's the the time jump is dealt with really well where you can feel that they've been having these arguments for three years now. Yes. And it's gotten to this point where she can't fucking bother with it anymore and he can't be doing with it. Like, mm. she is... I understand both of their positions, too. Like, things change and realistically... People are going to expect the male to do it, but she's like, well, fucking you told me that I could do it. So mm. what, and what is the point of any of my life if right. I'm not doing this and I'm just being traded like a piece of goddamn beef jerky? Which, which is, is an assumption, <laughs> which is a currency there. But if this is an assumption from her. This is something that, that, you know, persists through the whole episode until the very end. She is assuming that being married off means share. She's being used as as a bargaining chip or a or a more like a chess piece in the power play of right. politics Which uh, is and that means that she will be giving up uh her claim to the throne because we've got a little son here and literally every guy around her and around the king are like so you bloody uh well, when are you, when are you naming your son as yeah. heir it's got it's got to be soon right you know he's going to he's going to be more than 2 years old and she's probably right, but you, you're right that it isn't like a done-done thing, but it mm. probably is what will happen, and she's probably seen it happen to so many people. She spoke last week, which was three years ago, to yep. a woman who told her that's all that can happen for you and all that ever will happen and da-da-da. So, yes. you know, it makes sense that she... But also her dad, I don't think, is completely using her as a pawn because out of all the people we've seen be king in this show, he's the most human being out of all of them, I think, like... Yeah, 100%. I think that he believes what he's saying. And yeah. as has the show has proven, he's he's really good at this. And he's not naive. And he's not going to be proven wrong by, you know, society. But as time goes on in this episode, I feel like we see her disillusionment creep into him realising, hey, shit, maybe I'm a little disillusioned here. Yeah. Uh, what is this? A Leaving a pen and teller show? Cause I'm I'm dis I'm disillusioning. <laughs> I'm becoming disillusioned. I'm seeing fewer what illusions a, here. What am I? Because <laughs> I'm walking out Ar of her. What am I, Ali G, doing a magic show? Disillusion. Yeah. What? what disillusion. Yeah. What am I? Um. Ah, another one. Uh, <laughs> she rides off on a horse and is uh, chased by uh, core core something core. <laughs> Kristen Cole, her bodyguard. Corey Cole. Corey, yeah. Uh, he looks like a Corey to me. Kristen Cole rides off after, and they have a little chat by a pond, and you know they, he's 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 all right. Yeah, yeah, he's they good. He's trying to balance out her being a little uh, passionate. 
I, lo- I lost being able to hear you for a second there. Say something again. <laughs> I wondered why you stopped talking. <laughs> uh, he he tempers her passion. You know, he like she's probably she's right, but he just yeah calms her down a little bit. Right. But then they're just lost in the woods now. Lovely looking woods. I'd love yes. to have a walk around in these woods. Camp yes. by a little fire. They have a nice old time. And yeah, they so do. They're they're wandering about in the woods, kind of having a chat and. Talking about their their backstories and mm. he, I mean, they don't call it their backstory; <laughs> they call it their life. But it's backstory. It's backstory. It's background information. And uh, you know, he he thanks her for bringing him into all this and says, "Hey, you're pretty lucky, though." And she's like, "Well, a lot of people don't know how hard it is." And he's like, "Yeah, well, mm. fucking, it's harder and other, but whatever." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not particularly hard to hunt if you're the king, though, because he goes out and has a look in the woods where they tell him, like, yeah, we found this, like, crazy deer thing. It's like a white one, a stag. We're going to get it for you. And they spend the next... There's so many dogs and so many people, and they spend, like, a full day, it seems like, looking for this thing before they catch it Mm. in the morning. Um, So there's a really big fucking uh, production going on around this, this hunt. Including yeah. Jason Derulo's little spear that uh, he's had made for the king. A, a smarmy little gift, if ever I've yep. seen one. A smug <laughs> little is. present. It looks cool. Um, cool spear. Little red tuft on it. Yeah. Like tassely thing. Um, but again, yeah, it's like... It's the spear that he stabs the deer with when the... It's the it's the bull ride... It, sorry, the bullfighting spear of the show. Right. Like, the yeah. animal has no chance. <laughs> exactly, and it does kind of symbolize that like same pointless impotence that a fucking bullfighter has, where it's like, what is mm. the point of you? This bull was dead from the start, right? And um, this is just for show. This is just for show that no one seems to see through. It's part of that society, right? And it mm. really seems to get to him, or at least Jason does, because they have quite a tense conversation now that I really liked. I think this like. Yeah. Um, Thingo, what's his name? The actor who's playing Viserys again. Uh, that's Paddy Paddy Considine. He's great, yeah. uh, and he's getting yeah. a little bit drunker throughout the day. And uh, you know, this is where Jason tells her, "Hey, your loss in station, her loss in station. If I marry your daughter, wouldn't be that big of a deal." And right, he starts right. coming back at him with like, "What are you fucking talking about?" Mm. And he's like, "Oh, well, mm. I'm just saying, if you married her into the Lannister house, you know, we could provide a bit of strength." He's like, "You think we need fucking strength? You think we need your muscles? I got razzle mm. and dazzle right here. I could beat you <laughs> dead to the ground right now." Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, "Well, you know, because she uh, <coughs> won't be <coughs> the heir to the th- <coughs> the throne anymore." Viserys is like, "Well, no one fucking said that. Who said that? Yeah. They didn't tell me." If you hear cunts talking treason, you got to tell mm. me about it. That's right. Your men, your men have been gossiping. Are they rebelling? Well, you got to tell me that. It's like no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. You heard a ligma? <laughs> now tell me, Jason, have you heard a ligma? <laughs> ligma balls. Yeah, that's right. I'm the king. <laughs> I gotta introduce you to ligma and sugma. <laughs> Fucking asshole, stupid Lannister says what? Huh? <laughs> it's a great, uh, great dialogue. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's funny uh, that that is like one of the very few times that Viserys has ever stood up for anyone, mm. but uh, he does, and he makes it known to uh, to Jason that uh, Rhaenyra, as far as anyone should be concerned, is still the heir to the throne. And he looks real classic Targaryen doing it as well, like old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or I guess new-fashioned in the future, but yeah, it, it's good. 
because he got this yeah. shitty gift. And you wouldn't get a reaction like that if you're giving someone a good gift. Something like yeah. the gifts available if you were to go to manscaped.com. That's right. They don't have golden blades or tassels, but they do have a protective uh, little shield. Uh, they're waterproof and they do the job perfectly. Uh, we are sponsored once again by Manscaped. Uh, their performance package has recently been updated. I believe it's the platinum package now. Uh, you can go to their website and get the platinum package. It includes the Lawnmower 4.0, which is the best electric razor that's ever been invented. You get the Weed Whacker, which is your ear and nose trimmer. Something that I use once a month, and that's all I have to use it. Don't have to use it every day um, or anything like that. Uh, it's fantastic. They do like a, uh, a deodorant, a cologne, a, uh, a balm, a wonderful travel bag. Uh, that's the Platinum Package. Give it a look on manscaped.com. It's a fantastic gift. We're in. Uh, we're getting up to gift giving season. It comes around t- two or three times every year, yeah. uh, and the platinum package is a fantastic gift. Really well presented. It's very. Uh, uh, it feels very upmarket, but it's very affordable. Um, we both recommend it. We both used it for a couple of years now. Yeah, it becomes, Manscaped uh, becomes even more affordable as well if you go to the website when you buy it. You use the code Aria, I think. Yeah, and uh, yep. that gives you twenty percent off and free shipping. A R A Y A R Y A. That's right. Uh, Manscaped.com. Use the code Aria. Free shipping, twenty percent off. Get it for the man in your life or yourself or anyone. Anybody, anybody can use this. You don't have to be a man. But if you're made to feel like less of a man like this king is, you may take to drinking and uh, really, really get into it over the over the course of the night. And God, he really does. I, I, I think it's as much the conflict, right, as the, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's his internal conflict. He's not dealing with it well. It's uh, him and his daughter. I, you know, drive any king to drink. Sure. You gotta, and also he's getting all this fucking vulturing happening again now. So everyone starts yeah. coming up, leaning into his ear, telling him who he should be marrying, uh, marrying Rihanna off to. And it's, I, f- I get the impression during this bit too. There's a few times, so like, different people are suggesting. I think Otto suggests, um, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, the the other kid, right? Is that right? Oh yeah. no, he suggests the, the baby. The yeah, the brother. Oh, the bait, yeah, yeah. To take a, a sister wife. Exactly, yes. Uh, that's uh, awful. It doesn't seem to fully put off Viserys, though. It must have happened before. Like, it is a pretty stereotypical thing to have happened in both real history right. and Game of Thrones history. Um, but it's fucked up. Like, she's now 17. This is her two-year-old half-brother. Uh, it sure keeps it in the family. Targaryen strong, but... That is bad, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Viserys doesn't seem to like it particularly much either. I also get the impression more and more during this episode, it could be that he's looking at the baby with this face because of the idea, but I get the impression Mm. that he's not super fucking into this kid. Yeah, yeah. There's a few little bits and pieces where I just got the feeling that he doesn't give a shit about Aegon. No, that's that's a good point. I never felt that he overly did care. Um I guess I just didn't notice that, but you're right. There's there's not a lot of positivity from him towards Aegon. No, because um, there were he appreciates Alicent. And he ap- appears to appreciate that union. Yeah. Um, maybe politically, and and as it becomes clear, and and 
you know, is, was probably clear at the time, just because they get along, right. <laughs> you know, as opposed to her being that 12-year-old or just someone else that he doesn't actually, you know, doesn't like to hang out with. And somebody can maybe talk to about stuff like, I mean, she does talk to him about politics and stuff later, but this is where mm-hmm. he's like, stop fucking talking to me about politics, please. Let yeah. me just sit and drink way too much for once. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think he, he just is... There's a time and a place for it, and everyone's always fucking in his ear and 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 niggling because like he is susceptible to it. So I understand yes. why they're picking at him because there's meat to pick off the bones. But you know, it it, it is tiring for him. But then uh, this yeah. other guy, who was either the master of coin or laws or whichever one he was, one of those oh, other yeah. council I- members. So I figured that out. Um, he is he is Lionel Strong. He's the master of laws. Right. So the guy at the start was Lyman Beesberry, master of coin. Right. So Lionel Strong and Lyman Beesberry are the master yeah. of laws and coin, respectively. <laughs> That's right. I'll remember that. What? The well, the the sneaky looking one from the start is called Lyman. Lyman Beesberry. So, <laughs> yeah. And this guy, this stout guy, is called Lionel Strong. Okay. Well, so, yeah. Lionel's up here. Uh, yeah. Suggesting another one, and he suggests maybe the uh, the other uh, Valerian one. Uh, or their their surname isn't Valerian, is it? Or is it? It's it's Valerian, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so close. And they apparently both have like the special old Valerian blood. That's why they keep telling them to marry. Uh, uh, Targaryen to Valarian. Right. Um, so it's re- it is confusing, but yeah, it's it is slightly different. Well, the Valarians have another yes. child. Yeah, he's a, a. I believe it's the son, right? It's the son of Corlys. Yeah. It's the older brother of uh, the young girl we saw last week. We see him at the battle later. We on. do. So he gives yeah. him a little pat in the back and is sort of like, hey, that's not a bad idea. We get a little bit of a mm. campfire scene where, you know, the two, um, Rihanna and uh, her guard, chat a little bit more. A boar comes after yeah. them. They fight the boar <laughs> off. All's well. She has a real uh, outlet, a real yeah. venting of frustration, stabbing that boar to fuck and gets covered in blood. And hey, at the start of Game of Thrones, I don't know if it was in the third episode, but a boar kills the king. This time, yeah. a she kills the boar. She killed the boar. Whatever could it mean? Mm, I don't know. Uh, it means she got she got that bacon. But the, <laughs> the, then, yeah, we get a little bit of a fireside chat with um, Alicent and, uh, and Viserys. Right. And he really is just, you know, sharing and open with her. And he does seem to, partly because she's finagled her way in there and, you know, somewhat manipulatively made sure that she's a shoulder to cry on. Yep. But... He's telling her all about, you know, I had this fucking vision and I thought it was Baylor, but now I'm thinking I was just being fucking stupid and it was just a dream and I've never been able to recapture it. So could it mean anything? And Right. And, you know, yeah, putting Rhaenyra in that position, you know, as the heir, I thought that that would be like the salve for my grief. That would mm. fix things. But it turns out that... You know, you do need to actually grieve and process your emotions. You can't just fix them by, you know, putting one action into into place. Right. Um, and he's feeling kind of just like he doesn't quite know what he's doing, right? It sounds mm, like he doesn't know what yeah. the right direction to go in and feels a little bit uh, 
trapped and powerless and then has this like fucking humiliating experience out in the forest of having to kill this yeah. this poor uh what is it a deer it's a stag because it has those big old big old antlers yeah it's, right. uh yeah it's a male deer it's not the white one it's not the king of the forest no they're like ah, oh, we couldn't find the one we were telling you about for a day but we got <laughs> yeah. this other fucking random one yeah, yeah, so you could kill that one in front of everyone. And it's just, like, so wet and weak and bad, and it just... And you can see that, I mean, A, he's hungover, but B, it seems like he thinks mm. this is fucking stupid, too, and not yeah, exactly yeah. what he wanted. It's a stupid tradition, and it's unpleasant. He doesn't want to take this animal's life. He doesn't... He's not a killer, you know? That's not what I get from Viserys. And it's just that I think it's this also this letdown of like what was promised and told and foretold like in his his dream comes out and it's this fucking regular ass stag who's just standing there yep. being like hey I'm dime a dime a dozen it's like well you're talking yeah. stag that's pretty cool but you are that's, a dime yeah. a dozen still yeah 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 but um, then this no that's a good point this queen the whole, the whole event is underwhelming right exactly like the and he just he didn't really do it but then this future queen is up on this hill looking over everything yeah. Blood in her hair. She's, you know, been been uh, kind of baptized in this yep. blood now. And the hey, white- she took very easily to killing right. that animal. And she you know? did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess Thingo did it a little bit, Corey. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, she was aided by one guard. Viserys was aided by 20. Yeah. She was into it. He was not. Um, it was a transformative moment for her. It feels like for him, it was just uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, total, total contrast. Totally. And then here's the white stag, big sort of knowing look, a little yep. nod of approval, a little thumbs yeah. up, and a wink. Uh, I believe it was a little game recognized game, if you will. Uh, the literal game. Literal game. Literal game. Uh, so yeah, he that I mean, <laughs> they they couldn't. They could. It feels like I've been. I might. The back of my head hurts from how hard I've been bludgeoned with this, but it still works. Yep. It's still nice. Yep. Yeah. 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 No, you're right. It it does feel like a little bit tropey, but also they're using that to convey something very quickly, and you know, and that's they're, good. They're talking in the episode about like you know, it's signs from the gods and whatever. And we know that that stuff is kind of real in this yeah uh, world. So it 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 didn't ring as phony or anything to me. It just it 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 worked. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because then, yeah, she comes back to camp with a big boar dragging behind this <laughs> yep. little baby. I know it's a baby, but just not looking like it's going to be the king. The baby's <laughs> no. always fussing and mussing around. It's the, the baby, if that baby was going to be king, it'd be sitting there quietly. It'd be reading a little book. Mm-hmm. But this baby, They do say loser. that at the start. I feel like that's, isn't, that's what bloody Lyman says at the start is like, um, you know, oh, it's wonderful to see our young king come of age. And like the other one is like, he's bloody throwing food everywhere. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. it really seems like this kid's like just a, just a average kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, everyone heads back from, from the name day stuff and uh, Otto and uh, his daughter get to have a little chat. Mm. Yeah. Um, not, Again, just like, I don't know what it is, if it's just that he's her father or how much of this ambition is hers, but the the sort of, I can't figure out how much either of them is into these plans. Otto obviously right. is, but like, 
it's hard to 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 quite tell how under his thumb Alicent is. Do you see what I mean? Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because it's like, yeah, like materially, she benefits from all these plans coming to fruition, but she feels morally conflicted about them. So, right. I mean, she feels she's probably morally one hundred percent against them. That she never would have put herself in this position. She was happy just being a highborn lady who was friends with the queen or the princess. Yeah. Um. She's yeah, yeah. And this is kind of what know, Otto's. I don't know necessarily what Otto's like end game is though. If he's not already there, it's because it seems like it's a Lannistery thing of just like, hey, even if it's a different name, if we've got our kid on the throne, then right. that's pretty sick. Then I guess my life was worth it, you know. Exactly. Uh, tick, tick that off. I did this. Exactly. I guess so, yeah. Legacy bullshit. Because, like, right. th- that's what he's kind of talking about, Alison, talking to Alison about here is, mm. like, you got to make sure that this kid, your kid, ends up on the throne. Wouldn't you want that? And she's, like, kind of just like, yeah, well, mother wouldn't. And mm. he's really driving home, like, maybe you should fucking try and get Rhaenyra to back off a little bit. How about right. that? <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't seem to think that that's necessarily... I don't know. She doesn't seem particularly sold on the ambition, but then also is doing all of it. So, I don't know. Mm. And then mm. goes mm. to um, Viserys' chambers here, I guess hers as well, because they're married. And they have yep. a little chat and they're having a, you know, pretty casual husband and wife sort of thing. Mm. They're recapping and chatting. And then uh, she kind of starts saying some stuff. I can't remember exactly what it is. I'm looking for the exact dialogue here, but... They get the letter. Like, he's got that letter Mm. from, uh, yeah, Corliss's brother being like, hey, please send some help. The war's going badly. We said it at the start of the episode. We're saying again, come on, you've got to help. And Viserys is like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. Um... And yeah, she's not, she doesn't like, I love how they do set up these sort of scenes with her and her father or, you know, there are other instances of other characters where they'll have a chat about needing to do some manipulating and some, make some chess moves. Yeah. And then the next scene is not actually that literally going into action, but it is more, it is them continuing to sort of work themselves into a position of being trusted or being giving, you know, um, uh, valuable advice, which is what this scene is. That's the thing, because she doesn't seem that invested in, like, when, when she's talking to her dad about it, she seems to think mm. that, like, why are we doing this? This is stupid. I just want my kid, you know, like, doesn't seem as ambitious. But then she's talking to the king, and she's like, well, maybe you could do this. And he's like, no. Yeah. And she's like, well, maybe you could do this. <laughs> like, she just kind of frames it a different way. She says something about, like, um, you know, would it be better to to be seen to be you know would it be better to to let the crab feeder win and have him get stronger or have people who are closer to being our allies be stronger and right it's like okay yeah logically take away the the backstabbing and the politicking and like what's better for you as the king of this realm yeah what, to make the realm stronger yeah it's pretty it's a fucking no-brainer isn't it Viserys? so it's just interesting seeing her like seem to not be into it, and then the second that she's doing it, it's like, oh, but you're good at this. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, I wonder if, yeah, it's like this is something that she believes in as well. Like, you're right, she doesn't... Like, what more... She's probably, you know, what more do you need, old bloody Otto? Like, I'm the queen. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pregnant with a a second child from the king. But not if Rhaenyra starts... Takes the throne here. 
yeah, than itself yeah, or yeah. not. But uh, but she's like, yeah, I, I want the whole you know kingdom to be stable. That feels like a thing that a queen should want. So I'm gonna push my king in the right direction, and and, and she totally does. Yeah, and so then uh, Rhaenyra and Viserys kind of lay it all out here in the uh, the main the main room, the control <laughs> room here. Yep, the bridge. And she's just telling him, like, yeah, what's the point of me? You're trying to marry me off because I'm just, I'm useless now. And Mm -hmm. uh, this is where he kind of apologizes to her and, you know, says, hey, look, I I had to do all the shit that I didn't want to do too. I've had to do a whole bunch of duty bullshit. Mm. But... I he he seems to see her point and be saying to her like yeah I don't I've never said that this guy will be replacing you this guy being right. uh, my son <laughs> yeah <laughs> this fucking guy <laughs> my two year old son <laughs> this baby yeah yeah this little fucking baby but they seem to regain some ground with each other here totally and I think yeah this is where he sort of admits like yeah you know like I could have made uh, a more politically savvy choices with my bride that I had to take yeah. after your mum died, but I didn't. I chose someone that, you know, fit the bill, but I also happened to enjoy the company of. So, you know, you can choose your own husband. Um, just don't make it Sir Kristen Cole because he's not a highborn lord. And that right. would really kind of fuck things up politically. It would almost like give away any power you had just because the guy's kind of hot and seems like a nice guy. So just don't do that. But, you know, otherwise choose your own match. Yeah. And to be fair, not kinder, but like... <laughs> sure, sure. He, he yeah, he flat out says to her at the end of this, like, hey, look, I was I was back and forthy on it for a little bit, but right. guess what? Yes. You're right. I said it would be you and I think it should be you. Strap your, your boots on because you're going to be queen. Yeah. Like... Tells her I could see him going back on that at some point because it does I seem mean, like if he says he, it quite emotionally. He, yeah, we've all already made our predictions that he's going to die probably by the end of this season. Mm. Uh, if he's out of the picture, then I mean, it does. If he dies before another heir is named, then it will automatically go to Rhaenyra, but that is obviously a complication that right. could could arise because Alison rather than later kind of brings back up when she's talking to her dad that like remember we all fucking swore loyalty to Rhaenyra like it feels right. as though we're kind of plotting against someone if we're trying to yeah. get this other kid to be king yes but uh either way and not to time jump ourselves into the future but there will be more time jumps because I did see something yeah. about like oh there's going to be different actors playing these characters as the series goes on because they're going to age yes. so yes. how about that uh, interesting, right? It, it does like it makes sense. This the 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 uh, source material is more of like an overarching history rather than a story. So um, yeah, I guess we'll be jumping around in time and and getting getting to some some big sort of crucial events like the crown. Olivia yeah, Coleman's exactly. going to be one of them, the dragon. Uh, and then yeah, so we go back up for this uh, last part of the episode to the crab feeder battle up uh, yes. somewhere north. We see yep. this other son who they've been mentioning who would be a potential husband for uh, mm-hmm. Rihanna. We see the other Valarian lads hanging yep. around, two bros, two brothers, just yes. just broing down on the battlefield. Nothing That's more right. that I like than, than bastard swords and bros. Couple just of giving beers, each other noogies. <laughs> couple of big wounds. Um, 
Um, they're arguing. But yeah, they're hectic. they're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're really not in a good place. The crab feeder and his uh, men keep hiding in the caves. It's too hard to attack. It's a bottleneck. They just keep getting, you know, men killed. The dragons can't go into the caves. They're losing the the battle. Guerrilla warfare, baby. It works. Doesn't matter how many yeah. big dragons you've got if you can't get to the people you would dragon. Um, so yeah, all these like dejected looking soldiers are kind of standing around as 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 these guys are arguing. The daemon shows up and again kind of causes tension and a fuss wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly by the fact that a guy who uh, King Viserys sent off in the last scene to to give him a letter saying that they were going to help delivers that letter and uh, gets beaten with his helmet immediately. Yep, pretty cool of him to do. Really good stuff. Yeah, I love it when someone flies off the handle. There's that um, phrase, uh, "Always shoot the messenger." Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I truly believe in that. An ancient Greek phrase. Yes. Um, uh, so he's pissed off by this. He yeah. feels affronted. He feels disrespected and emasculated, um, which is, you know, a shame because his brother was reaching out to him with genuine support and love, and uh, it makes him angry, which right. I think is unhealthy. It is unhealthy, but it is understandable as well. It is also understandable, yes. So uh, what is not understandable... <laughs> Is yeah the action that he decides to take? Where I assume you know, he storms off after beating this guy with the helmet, and the yep. way it's shot sort of implies that he immediately gets on a boat and goes over there and is just like yes. doing his own little plan. But it seems as though there must have been some period of time where he cooled off, walked yeah. back to the table, and said, "Sorry for flying off the handle, there, boys. Uh, I'm willing to bro down as well. Uh, what yeah. if I go and pretend to surrender for no reason?" but then chop some people instead of surrendering. But then instead of right then, you attacking, you wait a little extra bit until it's the last second before I'll die, and then you guys attack in a formation that suggests we plan this ahead of time. Had to have been planned ahead of time, hugely, like a day ahead of time, because they all have moved into position <laughs> right. um, for, a, for a massive ambush. Yeah, no, that it's... I mean, you can say, like, it's just a TV trick, you know, it is meant to be a surprise that they've made it look like it's one long continuous timeline, but it isn't. Uh, I mean, I think it was, like I said, I think at the start, it was just a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of gamesmanship, a bit of, you know, like razzle-dazzle. I think he just wanted it to be cool. Um, And I, I mean, the thing that they say throughout is that they need to lure them out of the cave. Right. And that and and they also like yeah before he even comes back to 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 meet up with the bros uh they are saying like look what what if we just have some bait like Damon <laughs> and then it's like yeah that's exactly the plan That is yeah you're right that is what happens they do say have some bait but just like the specific way in which this bait is filmed just took me out of it for some reason I'm maybe being a little bit pedantic or whatever a little picky like a I, crab but like I think it was just um it was a bit TV. It's the last second swoop in that always fucks me up. Whatever yeah. they do, that last moment here comes the big swoop in that just bothers me every single time because it's like just it's an unnecessary risk. Never ever ever do that. <laughs> yes, yeah, you wouldn't. That's right. If this if it was a real military maneuver, you'd never do that because it's a stupid risk to take. And you, it just means you're late. 
Unless that dragon yeah, just showed yeah. up really late, but on the yeah. The, the bomb would yeah. never be defused with like 0. 0.01 seconds to go. <laughs> or else that's the worst right. fucking bomb diffuser in the world. If yeah. they put you in that much risk, the second that that bomb diffuser got home, they'd be like, Keanu fucking Reeves. <laughs> you drive a bus that quickly. I understand it. The bomb is rigged up. But in the elevator, nothing yeah. was wrong. You yeah. could have just done it. You're a trained bomb diffuser. Yeah. I feel like a no, bloody that's, bomb that's about true. to go off now, Keanu. <laughs> For goodness God, I wish sake. I could defuse this situation quicker, but uh, it'll probably have to wait until the last minute before you really you now, know, go off. Unless me. you have a reason for me not to, I'm going to fire you in three, two, one. Uh, I'm very good at it, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, that's completely fair. It didn't take me out of it, but it was more one of the le- less gritty and realistic aspects of this episode, sure. which has been... Which has dealt with stuff like genuine uh, emotional turmoil very maturely uh, for it to be a little immature at this point. And it's is, nice uh, looking and yeah. stuff too. Yeah, I, it, it's not a big deal. I just thought it was kind of funny that it like, you know, I just think it's kind of funny how <laughs> you would wait until the last I thought it was kind of random, honestly. But And then he still has to go into the cave to get the crab feeder. And right. uh, boy, does he get him. Uh, yeah. He comes out and he's cut him in half. His entrails are everywhere. Just like, uh, I was going to say Daenerys, but just like Rihanna dragging the boar back into camp, uh, Damon drags right, the sure. crab. Yeah. And they keep saying all the time how, how much the two are like each other. There's a couple of people in this episode who are like, oh, you, you, why do you got to take after your uncle? Yes. Oh, yeah. And there's even just a lot of implied. That scene with the gossiping stuff was like, oh, you're, you're a bloody uncle. Uh, have you spoken to him about his military maneuvers right. down on the Stepstones? And she's like, no, I don't. We're not friends anymore. But everyone, yeah, obviously uh, links them quite closely. Uh, just like Damon wishes he could. Yeah. But so after three years of fighting in the Stepstones, they finally had the idea of what if we brought them out of the caves somehow? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good for them. Well done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Congratulations the to uh, the Terminator, Matt Smith. Yep. He was he was the Terminator at one point. Or I think he played Skynet, actually. Oh, right. Um, okay. In the movie with Daenerys? I think in the movie with Daenerys. Right. Yeah. That keeps coming up on binge, uh, Terminator Genesis, and I... I'm so close to going in. Just I just want to see how bad it is. It, the problem with it isn't even that it's bad. It's that it's just so lower medium that it's like, you know, right. that type of thing. But, yeah, nice looking special effects all throughout, I thought. Yeah. Like, yep. up there with as good as any battles looked in, in Game of Thrones. Mm. Uh, it is a shame that the creepy crab feeder never got to say anything or do anything. Then he's just chopped up I now. I know. I know. It was never even like, I mean, it's confirmed now, but it still didn't feel like he was the leader of this army. Like this guy mm. felt, you know, maybe because he didn't talk much, but he wasn't particularly imposing, just felt like a soldier. But, uh, you know, I guess this was never meant to be the big it enemy just of a band the season. Guy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Oh yeah, the first, the only real note that I made on this episode that we haven't covered was that I don't think that crabs can eat people. Oh, <laughs> like how would how would a crab eat a whole like I chunk out of a person? They're like rotting flesh, is what they were picking at a lot of, which I suppose would be easier to I get guess, to. I guess maybe these I are like know, maybe Westeros crabs. Yeah, there could be special Westeros crabs with big teeth. Yeah. Mm. I just uh, I didn't find it a very fre- threatening thing. No. <laughs> threatening gimmick. The crab is the silliest animal. It's like yes. one of those like 
like J tier X Men, where he's like, "I'm yeah. I'm the crab guy." <laughs> yeah, watch yeah. out! I can run quickly, but only sideways. That's right. <laughs> if you trap right. me in like a, a a very long but low width box, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done for. Uh, don't shake hands with me though. Yeah, I'll snip you up. I'll give you a I'll snip in snip like you. nobody's business. What do you mean I'm worse than even Gambit? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so they do a bit of a Deus Ex Machina plot at the end. Crabfeet is dead. Uh, oh, I guess. But the other thing to, to to sort of address is that the Damon specifically doesn't wait for any help. He is, he basically right. spits in the face of Viserys and says. You know what? You offering help has motivated me enough to think of a stupid plan to finish this myself. I'm not going to allow this battle to be won by you. I am going to win the battle, and he does. Sure, and it's it's he does it as a fuck you to his brother as much as anything. That's that's true. That's a good point. That does seem to motivate him a lot. Being able to do a a a, a brotherly fuck you. Yeah, he'd have seen those other brothers hanging out, been like you two standing at opposite ends of a table. (laughs) You guys are fucking cute. (laughs) <laughs> I'd never do it. Yeah, I'd never yeah. do it. Um, um uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, episode. I'm interested to see what the next time jump in is as well. Kind of knowing that, mm. like, you know, we're going to be doing ch- time jumps a bunch now. Seeing yes. it happen between these episodes, and then I hope no one considers it to be a spoiler that there'll be different actors playing all you know these characters and stuff. That's. I feel like everyone other than you and I has have been looking into all of this stuff a lot more. Right. I feel like people have been... Because I, I think, like, we're, we're, we are real purists about the TV, you know, experience. We, we just want to consume the text, not any of the, you know... Yeah. The other stuff. Uh, we've I'm not watching any of the Next Time On trailers. Uh, no, no, no. haven't read the book or anything. None of that. So... I, I do. I feel like other people are a bit more tapped in than us, even. So I feel a little um, bit reassured yeah. as well that no one will mind me saying that as well because a, a ladybug has flown in my window, which <laughs> surely is the white stag of podcasting and means that everything's going to be okay. It is. I think. It's, I think ladybug is uh, is a good luck. Surely, right? Um, you yeah, say ladybug yeah, too quick. It sounds like luck. Ladybug. Luck. Ladybug. 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 Not really, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, but that is a nice omen for us, at least. Um, uh, really uh, curious to see how soon Viserys' downfall comes because, man, he's really putting himself in the, the position of making a lot of decisions that could bite him on the ass and set up conflicts that, yeah, specifically end up with him being the one who is at fault, who is the one who can be taken out to, to create a vacuum of power. Um yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I and I agree. Paddy Considine is doing a fantastic job as this guy who means well, but is probably not actually equipped to be a king. Everybody is, I think. Yeah, they're like mm. I've really thought there hasn't been. I, I think Matt Smith has the most um, uh, focus on him because he's the most well-known, probably actor out of every, anyone on the show. So mm. I've seen the most sort of discussion about whether he's any good or not, and I suppose I've right. had the most like. He just sticks out because I already knew him. So, like, you, you're a little more analytical of what someone's doing, I suppose. Yep. But I think he's doing just fine. Um, totally. Totally. I Yeah, like you said before, I think um, the performance of the actor playing Alicent is really good. It's quite subtle. You can really read uh, her predicament on her face. Right. I, and I think it's a shame that we're going to, uh, yeah, say goodbye at some point to to Millie Alcock, who's been playing Rhaenyra, because she's been a great Rhaenyra. Yeah. 
But but everybody we dies. Have to. <laughs> yeah, that's why they changed actors. Oh no, that ladybug's just burst into flames. <laughs> oh, that's even better, Omen. That's that's great. True. That's fantastic. Fire created life. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for for watching this episode and listening to us. I suppose everybody. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts? Any ideas? Any speculation, send them through Aria Talking to Me pod at gmail.com or Aria Talking to Me on Facebook or Instagram. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.